Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. JazzCast Pros. Hello and welcome back to High Vibe Table Talks. This is your host, Mershawn Hargrave. And today we're going to be talking about something that was actually one of my original garden metaphors that I first ever like really connected business and life to the lessons I got out of the garden. And if you're like, I'm not a gardener, Mershawn, like, come on. I promise this will have an application for you. So by the end of this episode, you will know why you must plant zucchini in your life, in your business, whatever that looks like for you. What motivational expectations expectations are and the impact that friction has on your small victories. Are you ready to put your dreams on the front burner? Come take a seat at the High Vibe Masterminds. A Harvard study shows that you are 95% more likely to achieve your goals when surrounded by others going after their goals. In one hour a week, you'll see real transformation through support, accountability, and inspiration. Learn more at highvibecowork.com and remember big dreams and small steps can transform your life. If you're a woman contemplating your next move, you found the perfect podcast to empower your self-growth journey. Welcome to High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, remove mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your high vibe desires. In this episode, I want to talk about zucchini and why even though I don't eat much zucchini, it will forever be a plant that I put in my garden. The first year that I started gardening, one of my friends actually got me a small raised bed. It was like, I think it was like three feet by three feet, maybe. It was like relatively small compared to my 20 foot by 40 foot garden now, my big vegetable garden that I have. And it was a really nice space for me to go out and I would put Rowan to bed and then go out and kind of tend to the garden. And it was a nice place of refuge for me and my brain and everything that was going on. And that summer it actually rained a lot And so my garden was relatively low maintenance because A, it was small, B, I overpacked it. So like weeds didn't have a lot of space because I put so many plants into a small area, Um, one of which was zucchini. And the zucchini did really well. And I did that for the first two years. And in one of the things I did towards the end of the summer is as zucchini, you know, if you've ever planted zucchini, like you get a lot of it. Like it's ever bearing. It produces a lot. You can get like baby sized zucchini, especially if you lose one under a leaf. And so I froze a lot of it. And the following summer when I had zucchini again, I still had zucchini in my freezer from the year before because I didn't use it very often in the winter. It doesn't hold its texture very well. But the point is that I had fresh zucchini from my garden and I still had frozen zucchini in my freezer. And so that next year I was like, I'm not going to plant zucchini. Like I don't use enough of it to justify it taking up this much room in my garden, especially when I can, you know, you go up to the store, you go to a a vegetable stand on the side of the road and you're going to get plenty of zucchini. So that third year I did not plant zucchini. And the lesson came from that (laughs) was that I will forever plant zucchini in my garden. 
And the reason is zucchini is a motivation for me. And so if you're thinking about it in the metaphorical sense, what is a motivation for you? And I'll give you more in-depth example of that. So the following year, I actually did This was before we moved into this house, so I didn't have this big vegetable garden, but I did a bigger raised bed through the community in the, in where I live. And so they have these community beds, you rent it for the season, and there's like, I don't know, 75 other, maybe a hundred other plots. And so it's this nice community garden and they have like this Facebook page and you can go and, and you just like meet other gardeners, like other people. It was, it was cool. And so I did that, but in that garden, I did not plant zucchini because that was the year I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done letting this take up this much space. And I started going through and in like the middle of June, all these other plots had zucchini. So to give you a quick timeline, I start my first seeds typically around March. So peppers, eggplants are first, and then I go into tomatoes and da-da-da-da. But I I put my first seeds in pots in my house in March. I don't typically eat my first cherry tomato until like the first week of August, maybe last week of July if we're lucky. So if you think about March until August... April, May, June, July, August, that's five months where I'm putting in the work, I'm watering, I'm tending to, I'm pruning, I'm loving on these plants and getting nothing from it. I can see the growth, I can see the roots, I can see the plant actually growing, but it doesn't bear any fruit that I can eat, feed my family with, feed my friends with for five months. Zucchini is like... 40 days. So you plant the seed in the ground. Um, I typically do all the zucchini outside. I don't do any of it inside. But so let's say Memorial Day, I put a seed in a ground in the ground and I am feeding my family by end of June, first week of July with relatively little nurturing. Yes, you weed around it. Yes, you have to, you know, take the bugs off like squash bugs and things like that. But in about 40 days, I'm feeding my family off of something that I just a little seed that I planted in the ground a little over a month before that. So you think about that time frame, that timeline, five months versus 40 days. Zucchini is not my favorite plant. I would much rather bite into like a really juicy cherry tomato or a silver slicer cucumber that's cold and fresh from the garden. Like those are like, when I think about why I get so excited about the summer garden, that's what I get excited about. I don't get excited about zucchini, but zucchini is a motivator for me. It's a remembrance of why I'm doing this. It's something that like keeps pulling me, it helps pull me back into the garden when the hard work is happening because the July garden is hard. It's a lot of weeding. It's a lot of pruning. It's a lot of trial and error. You're starting to get disease. It's hot. You're getting bit by bugs. But I'm feeding my family with something that I grew. Again, it's not the most delicious. It's not my favorite, but it is something that I grew and it is something that pulls me back into the garden and reminds me of why I love it so much and why I put in the hard work. So I will forever plant zucchini in my garden because it keeps me going. It keeps me in it. In the last episode that I did, I talked about sales and 
in a previous role, my sales cycle was typically six to 18 months. That's a long time to keep cold calling, keep following up, keep pushing through. And so I had to find my zucchini in there. What is the motivator? What's going to keep pulling me back? What's going to bring me into that process that is tedious, that has rejection in it, has failure in it, has struggle? What is something that's going to keep my soul fed, my soul motivated to do the work? What is the zucchini? You know, when I talked about it in the sales instance, I talk about having like the checklist or the little stones that I am placing into a jar or rewarding myself outside of the golden hour. So after I cold call for an hour, I can scroll on TikTok for 20, 30 minutes. I can go for a walk. I can get a pedicure. And it's these set up celebrations that help pull me back into the process, the hard, the tedious, the stuff that's not fun. (laughs) You know, like another example is in that episode, I was like, nobody enjoys cold calling. They enjoy the outcome. They know that this is the process that will get them to that outcome. So that's the outcome that they're going to do. Nobody enjoys weeding a garden. I have heard of one person who enjoys weeding a garden, but I don't, I think if there were no fruit at the end, she wouldn't enjoy weeding the garden. But no one enjoys weeding the garden or getting bit by bugs or like having plants die, but they keep coming back with the end in mind. So what is your end goal? You know, what do you want? What is your North Star? And how can you keep yourself in it? How can you pull yourself back in? This is why I think like the Friday episodes about celebrating, about having community, and my tagline are just like, I feel it so deeply in my soul. Big dreams and small steps can transform your life. People think that their life is going to change when they do these huge, big changes in their life, and that's not it. It's the baby steps. It's the one small rung on the ladder at a time. It's pulling yourself back in with the zucchini to make that next hard step, to make that next tedious step. It's not about these huge leaps. It's the small incremental victories. And having those are so crucial in whatever it is you're looking to achieve. If you're enjoying this episode, check out Healthy Illness Podcast with me, Kelly Marie, as we build healthy relationships while living with mental health conditions. I'm diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, although that's up for debate, generalized anxiety, and major depression. And even though I live with these mental health conditions, I have great relationships, I have a wonderful career, and it's my mission to help you do the same thing. So Join me for Healthy Illness Podcast, new episodes every Monday on the Jazz Cast Pros Network found on the podcast player you're listening to right now. Be the light. You know, let's say you have this goal to run a marathon. You're not just going to start out and like run a marathon tomorrow and just like slowly get better. You're going to run a mile and then you're going to run three and then you're going to really suck and then it's going to be hard and then you're going to wake up and be like, I don't want to run. And so... You know, back to the sales episode, we talked about process and it's not the outcome that you want to focus on. Yes, I think outcomes are important when you think about North Stars, but people don't put enough emphasis on the process and motivating themselves through the process, not by the outcome. 
Because when you have a bad run, when you have a bad sales day, when you have a plant that dies, when you get rejected, when a client pulls out, that is a hit to your ego. And how do you lean into the motivation? How do you lean into the process to keep you going? Entrepreneurship is not easy. It's not like there is a messy middle. And how do you plant zucchini along the road of the messy middle to keep you coming back? I want to touch briefly on the book, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And as I mentioned at the top of this, the ideas of motivation and tendencies. So The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin is about how you are motivated, whether it's intrinsically or externally. For me, when I took that test, I came out as an obliger. So for instance, I'm motivated externally much more than I am internally. There are people who are motivated internally versus externally, some people that are motivated by both, and some people that are motivated by neither. If you DM me the word tendencies, I can send you my workbook that I have on this because I talk about, you know, both sides of of each of them because I think you can live healthily in any of those areas and I think that you can struggle in any one of those areas. But I'm an obliger, so I'm motivated much more externally. And that is a through line of my business around accountability and why I created accountability groups because I needed external accountability for myself. I felt like others would too. And it's made an impact. So for instance, if you're externally motivated and I say to you, hey, let's meet up at the park at 8 a.m. and we're gonna go for a two-mile walk. The likelihood of me being at that park at 8 a.m. is highly likely because I told you I was going to be there and I don't want to let you down. Versus if I say to myself, hey, self, why don't we go to the park tomorrow at 8 a.m. and go for a two-mile walk? The outcome is the same. It's me at a park going for a a two-mile walk at 8 a.m. That's the outcome. It's the same. How I motivate myself to get there is very different. I don't want to let you down And so I tell you that I'm going to do it and then I show up. Whereas if I said to myself that I was going to do it, the chances of me going just decreased quite a bit. And I think that we have this idea of what we should do. I should be able to motivate myself, but I always say should is a shame word. Just because you think you should, that's not how your brain is wired. That's what I love about a lot of these tests is that it's working with your brain and how your brain is wired, not trying to force your brain into, you know, the square peg into the round hole. I struggle with internal accountability and motivation. I know that about myself and so I can create systems, rituals, and routines and processes that support the way my brain works, not trying to fight against it. So again, if you're interested in learning more about that book, DM me the word tendency and I will send you some information I have. You can always Google and take the test to see which you are. So how can you, again, me reaching out to someone saying, hey, let's do this is my zucchini. It's my motivation. It's what pulls me back into my goal, my North Star, my process to get through the messy middle. The last part I wanted to talk about was friction with these goals. As you are coming up with your motivation, your zucchini, your way to pull yourself back in and thinking about what you want to do, how can you create both more friction and or less friction with your motivation? Again, let's go back to the example of I want to go for the outcome is I want to go for a two mile walk at 8am at this park. I texted somebody 
So I have that motivation built in, that external accountability. Now what I'm also going to do is I'm going to create less friction in my morning routine because what do I have to do to get there? I have to have a tank full of gas. I have to have my car keys. I have to have a water bottle. I have to have athletic gear. I have to have my sneakers. You don't have to have all these, but you get the idea. And so how can I reduce the friction of morning Mershon to get to the park, again, the outcome, get to the park at 8 a.m. to go for a two-mile walk? Created that external accountability. I'm reducing friction by setting up my socks, my sneakers, my shorts, my t-shirt, my water bottle, everything is set up the night before. So in the morning, I wake up, there's very little friction. There's plenty of (laughs) mental friction of like, oh, do I really want to do this? But again, that's the external accountability. I don't want to let that person down. Jazzy would be so disappointed if she showed up at the park and I wasn't there and I let her, like that's reducing friction. But the friction of my outfit, my socks, my sneakers, I took that all out of the equation the night before because I'm setting myself up and my brain up based on the way that it works for success. If your goal is to eat less junk food, you, you know, I get a salty tooth. I like salty treats at night. So a bag of chips, whatever. To increase friction between me and my the goal, the outcome is to eat less junk food at night, I need to increase the friction between me and that junk food. So I don't buy it or I buy less of it or I put it in a place that is hard to get to. You know, maybe it's like behind a bike lock or so, or like in a container that has something in it. So it's creating friction between me and the outcome of eating the salty foods. So that's how you create either more friction because you want to do less of something or you create less friction because you want to do more of something. And so you can really play with that spectrum of more or less friction to get you onto the path of where you want to go, which is your North Star, your goal, and increase your motivation, your whatever it is that's going to pull you back in. I started out by using a garden metaphor, but I think no matter what you're going after, I think that that metaphor can make sense of what is going to be the zucchini, what is going to be the motivation, what is something that's not necessarily the overall prize, but is going to like give you and your heart a little like good job, good job towards your goal on the way. Again, it's not like I'm going to run a marathon and I'm only going to celebrate myself when I run the marathon. It's like I am going to celebrate myself when I have a shitty run, when I didn't want to do it, but I did it anyways and I showed up. Like on our Friday calls in my community, we always have a celebration portion in there. So let's celebrate a win. And the number of times that people have shown up to those calls and been like, I'm here, I made it. It was a rough week. I had a lot of wrenches thrown in, but I'm here. Did I accomplish everything I wanted to? No, because again, life. But I am here. I showed up. I'm in the messy middle and I'm still deciding to show up for myself, for this community, for my aligned higher purpose. And so I think that like the way that I plant zucchini in my community is those Friday celebration calls because we can pour into each other and pull each other back in when the going gets tough. 
because it oh it always does. I mean, it's just part of life. If it were easy, everybody would do it. I hope that you found some nuggets in there that you can apply today. How can you celebrate today? How can you uh, congratulate yourself through the messy middle today? And then how can, again, you create rituals, routines, processes, based on your tendency, the way that you and your brain best show up? And how can you create more or less friction based on what you want more or less of? And don't put any shame around what those things that you need more and less of are. Should is a shame word. I should be able to get up and do this. I should be able to motivate myself. We are shedding those shame words. We are shedding the shoulds. And we are saying this is the way that my brain and myself shows up best. And so I'm going to put these things in place to help support myself on the path that I really want. So plant your zucchini, know your tendencies, create more or less friction, and always remember big dreams and small steps will transform your life. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks and we will see you all next week because it's high time you go after your high vibe. If you're enjoying this episode, check out Healthy Illness Podcast with me, Kelly Marie, as we build healthy relationships while living with mental health conditions. I'm diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, although that's up for debate generalized anxiety, and major depression. And even though I live with these mental health conditions, I have great relationships, I have a wonderful career, and it's my mission to help you do the same thing. So join me for Healthy Illness Podcast, new episodes every Monday on the Cast Pros Network found on the podcast player you're listening to right now. Be the light.